photosynthesis in higher plants all animals including human beings depend on plants for their food have you ever wondered from where plants get their food green plants in fact have to make or rather synthesize the food they need and all organisms depend on them for their needs the green plants make or rather synthesize the food they need through photosynthesis and are therefore called the autotrophs you have already learned that the autotrophic nutrition is found only in plants and all other organisms that depend on green plants for food are heterotrophs green plants carry out photosynthesis a physical chemical process by which they use light energy to drive the synthesis of organic compounds ultimately all living forms on earth depend on sunlight for energy the use of energy from sunlight by plants doing photosynthesis is the basis of life on earth photosynthesis is important due to two reasons it is the primary source of all food on earth it is also responsible for the release of oxygen into the atmosphere by the green plants have you ever thought what would happen if there were no oxygen to breathe this chapter focuses on the structure of the photosynthetic machinery and the various reactions that transform light energy into chemical energy what do you know let us try to find out what we already know about photosynthesis some simple experiments you may have done in the earlier classes have shown that chlorophyll the green pigment of the leaf light and co2 are required for photosynthesis to occur you may have carried out the experiment to look for starch formation in two leaves a variegated leaf or a leaf that was partially covered with black paper and exposed to light on testing these leaves for the presence of starch it was clear that photosynthesis occurred only in the green parts of the leaves in the presence of light another experiment you may have carried out where a part of leaf is enclosed in a test tube containing some koh soaked cotton which absorbs co2 while the other half is exposed to air the setup is then placed in light for some time on testing for the presence of starch later in the two parts of the leaf you must have found that the exposed part of the leaf tested positive for starch while the portion that was in the tube tested negative this shows that co2 have was required for photosynthesis can you explain how this conclusion could be drawn another experiment you may have carried out where a part of leaf is enclosed in a test tube containing some koh soaked cotton which absorbs co2 while the other half is exposed to air the setup is then placed in light for some time on testing for the presence of starch later in the two parts of the leaf you must have found that the exposed part of the leaf tested positive for starch while the portion that was in the tube tested negative this shows that co2 was required for photosynthesis can you explain how this conclusion could be drawn early experiments it is interesting to learn about those simple experiments that led to the gradual development in our understanding of photosynthesis joseph priestley 1733 to 1804 in 1770 performed a series of experiments that revealed the essential role of air in the growth of green plant priestley you may recall discovered oxygen in 1774 Priestley observed that a candle burning in a closed space a bell jar soon gets extinguished similarly a mouse would soon suffocate in a closed space he concluded that a burning candle or the animal that breathed the air both somehow damaged the air 
but when he placed a mint plant in the same bell jar he found that the mouse stayed alive and the candle continued to burn Christie hypothesized as follows plants restore the restore to the air whatever breathing animals and burning candles remove can you imagine how presley would have conducted the experiment using a candle and a plant remember he would need to rekindle the candle to test whether it burns after a few days how many ex- different ways can you think of to light the candle without disturbing the setup using a similar setup as the one used by presley but by placing it once in the dark and once in the sunlight jan engine house 1730 to 1799 showed that sunlight is essential to the plant process that somehow purifies the air fouled by burning candles or breathing animals engine house in an elegant experiment with an aquatic plant showed that in bright sunlight small bubbles were formed around the green parts while in the dark they did not later he identified these bubbles to be of oxygen hence he showed that it is only the green part of the plants that could release oxygen it was not until about 1854 that julius von sachs provided evidence for production of glucose when plants grow glucose is usually stored as starch his latest study showed that green substances in plants chlorophyll as we know it now is located in special bodies later called as chloroplast within the plant cell he found that the green parts in plants is where glucose is made and that the glucose is usually stored as starch now consider the interesting experiment done by t w engelman using a prism he split the light into its spectral components and then illuminated a green alga cladophora placed in the suspension of aerobic bacteria the bacteria were used to detect the sites of o2 evolution He observed that the bacteria accumulated mainly in the region of blue and red light of the split spectrum. A first action spectrum of photosynthesis was thus described. It resembles roughly the absorption spectra of chlorophyll A and B. By the middle of the 19th century, the key features of the plant photosynthesis were known, namely that plants could use light energy to make carbohydrates from CO2 and water. The empirical equation representing the total process of photosynthesis for oxygen evolving organism was then understood as co2 plus h2 in presence of light gives ch2o plus o2 where ch2o represented a carbohydrate example glucose a six carbon sugar a milestone contribution to the understanding of photosynthesis was that made by a microbiologist cornelius van neel 1897 to 1985 who based on his studies of purple and green bacteria demonstrated that photosynthesis is essentially a light dependent reaction in which hydrogen from a suitable oxidizable compound reduces carbon dioxide to carbohydrates this can be expressed by 2h2a plus co2 in presence of light gives 2a plus ch2o plus h2 in green plants h2o is the hydrogen donor and is oxidized to o2 Some organisms do not release O2 during photosynthesis. When H2S instead of the hydrogen instead is the hydrogen donor for purple and green sulfur bacteria, the oxidation product of sulfur is sulfur or sulfate depending on the organism and not O2. Hence he inferred that the O2 evolved by the green plants comes from H2O not from carbon dioxide. This was later proved by using radioisotopic techniques. 
the correct equation that would represent the overall process of photosynthesis is therefore 6CO2 plus 12H2O in presence of sunlight gives C6H12O6 plus 6H2O plus 6O2 where C6H12O2 O6 represents glucose the O2 released in form of in from water this was proved using radioisotope techniques note that this is not a single reaction but description of multi step process called photosynthesis can you explain why 12 molecules of water as substrate are used in the equation given above where does photosynthesis takes place you would of course answer in the green leaf or in the chloroplast based on what you earlier read in chapter 8 you are definitely right photosynthesis does take place in the green leaves of plants but it does so also in other green parts of the plants can you name some other parts where you think photosynthesis may occur you would recollect from previous until that the mesophyll cells in the leaves have a large number of chloroplasts usually the chloroplasts align themselves along the wall of the mesophyll cells such that they get the optimum quantity of the incident light when you think what do you, when do you think the chloroplast will be aligned with their flat surfaces parallel to the walls when would they be perpendicular to the incident light you have studied the structure of chloroplast in chapter 8 within the chloroplast there is a membranous structure consisting of grana the stroma lamellae and the matrix stroma there is a clear division of labor within the chloroplast the membrane system is responsible for trapping the light energy and also for the synthesis of atp and nadph in stroma enzymatic reaction synthesize sugar which in turn forms starch the former set of reactions since they are directly light driven are called light reactions photochemical reactions the later are not directly light driven but are dependent on the products of light by convention as dark react uh, on the product of light reaction hence to distinguish the latter they are called by convention as dark reaction or carbon reactions however this should not be construed to mean that they occur in darkness or that they are not they are not light dependent how many types of pigments are involved in photosynthesis looking at plants have you ever wondered why and how there are so many shades of green in their leaves even in the same plant we can look for an answer to this question by trying to separate the leaf pigments of any green plant through paper chromatography a chromatographic separation of the leaf pigments show that the color that we see in the leaves is not due to the single pigment but due to four pigments chlorophyll a bright or blue green in the chromatogram chlorophyll b yellow green xanthophylls yellow and carotenoids yellow to yellow orange let us now see what roles various pigments play in photosynthesis pigments are substances that have an ability to absorb light at specific wavelengths can you guess which is the most abundant plant pigment in the world let us study the graph showing the ability of chlorophyll a pigment to absorb lights of different wavelengths of course you are familiar with the wavelength of the visible spectrum of light as well as the wavebio from figure 13.3a you can you determine the wavelength or the color of light at which the chlorophyll a shows the maximum absorption does it shows another absorption peak at any other wavelength too 
if yes which one now look at figure 13.3b showing the wavelengths at which the maximum photosynthesis occur in the plant can you see that the wavelengths at which there is maximum absorption by chlorophyll a that is in the blue and the red regions also show higher rate of photosynthesis hence we can conclude that chlorophyll a is the chief pigment associated with photosynthesis but by looking at figure 13.3c can you say that there is an complete one to one overlap between the absorption spectrum chlorophyll a and the action spectrum of photosynthesis these graphs together show that most of the photosynthesis takes place in the blue and red region of the spectrum some photosynthesis does take place at the other wavelength of the visible spectrum let us see how this happens though chlorophyll is a major pigment responsible for trapping light other thylakoid pigments like chlorophyll b xanthophylls and carotenoids which are called accessory pigments also absorb light and transfer the energy to chlorophyll a indeed they not only enable a wider range of wavelength of incoming light to be utilized for photosynthesis but also protect chlorophyll a from photooxidation what is light reaction light reaction or the photochemical phase include light absorption water splitting oxygen release and the formation of high energy chemical intermediates atp and nadph several protein complexes are involved in the process the pigments are organized into two discrete photochemical light harvesting complexes lhc within the photosystem 1 ps1 and photosystem 2 ps2 these are named in the sequence of their discovery and not in the sequence in which they function during the light reaction the lhc are made up of 100 100 of pigment molecules bound to proteins each photosystem has all the pigments except for one molecule of chlorophyll a forming a light harvesting system also called antenna these pigments help to make photosynthesis more efficient by absorbing different wavelengths of light the single chlorophyll a molecule forms the reaction center the reaction center is different in both the photosystems in ps1 the reaction center chlorophyll a has an absorption peak at 700 nanometer hence it is called p700 while in ps2 it has absorption maxima at 680 nanometer and is called p680 the electron transport in photosystem 2 the reaction center chlorophyll a absorbs 680 nanometer wavelength of red light causing electrons to become excited and jump into an orbit farther from the atomic nucleus these electrons are picked up by an electron acceptor which passes them to an electron transport chain or system consisting of cytochromes this movement of electrons is downhill in terms of oxidation reduction or redox potential the electrons are not used up as they pass through the electron transport chain but are passed on to the pigments of photosystem ps1 simultaneously electrons in the reaction center of ps1 are also excited when they receive red light of wavelength 700 nanometer and are transferred to another acceptor molecule that has greater redox potential these electron then are moved down hill again this time to a molecule of energy rich nadp plus the addition of these electrons reduce nadp plus to nadph plus h plus this whole scheme of transfer of electrons starting from the ps2 uphill to the acceptor down the electron transport chain to the ps1 excitation of electrons transfer to another acceptor and finally downhill to the nadp plus reducing it to the nadp h plus h plus is called the z scheme due to its characteristic shape 
This shape is formed when all the carriers are placed in a sequence on a redox potential scale. Splitting of water. You would then ask, how does PS2 supply electrons continuously? The electrons that were moved from PS2 must be replaced. This is achieved by electrons available due to splitting of water. The splitting of water is associated with PS2. Water split into 2H plus nascent oxygen and electrons. This creates oxygen, one of the net product of the photosynthesis. The electron needed to replace those removed from the photosystem 1 are provided by the photosystem 2. 2H2O gives 4H plus plus O2 plus 4 electrons. We need to emphasize here that water splitting complex is associated with PS2, which itself is physically located on the inner side of the membrane of the thylakoid. Then where are the protons and O2 formed likely to be released in the lumen or on the outer side of the membrane? Cyclic and non-cyclic photophosphorylation Living organisms have the capability of extracting energy from oxidizable substances and store this in the form of bond energy. Special substances like ATP carry this energy in their chemical bonds. The process through which ATP is synthesized by cells in mitochondria and chloroplast is named photophosphorylation. Photophosphorylation is the synthesis of ATP from ADP and inorganic phosphate in the presence of light. When the two photosystems work in the series, first PS2 and then PS1, a process called non-cyclic photophosphorylation occurs. The two photosystems are connected through an electron transfer chain as seen earlier in the Z scheme. Both ATP and NADPH plus H plus are synthesized by this kind of electron flow. When only PS1 is functional, the electron is circulated within the photosystem and the photo Phosphorylation occurs due to the cyclic flow of electrons. A possible location where this could be happening is in stroma lamellae. While the membrane or lamella of the grana have both PS1 and PS2, the stroma lamellae membrane lacks PS2 as well as NADP reductase enzyme. The excited electron does not pass on to NADP plus but is cycled back to the PS1 complex through the electron transport chain. The cyclic flow hence result only in the synthesis of ATP but not NADPH plus H plus. Cyclic photophosphorylation also occurs when only light of wavelength beyond 680 nanometers are available for excitation. Chemiosmotic Hypothesis Let us now try and understand how actually ATP is synthesized in chloroplast. The chemiosmotic hypothesis has been put forward to explain the mechanism. Like in respiration, in photosynthesis 2, ATP synthesis is linked to the development of a proton gradient across a membrane. This time, these are the membranes of the thylakoid. There is one difference though. Here, the proton accumulation is towards the inside of the membrane that is in the lumen. In respiration, protons accumulate in the intermembrane space of the mitochondria when electrons move through the ATS. Let us understand what causes the proton gradient across the membrane. We need to consider again the processes that take place during the activation of electrons and their transport to determine the steps that cause a proton gradient to develop. Since splitting of the water molecules take place on the inner side of the membrane, the protons or hydrogen ions that are produced by the splitting of water accumulate within the lumen of the thylakoids. As electrons move through the photosystems, protons are transported across the membrane. This happens because the primary acceptor of the electrons, which is located toward the outer side of the membrane, transfers its electron not to the, an electron carrier but to an hydrogen carrier. Hence, this molecule removes a proton from the stroma while transporting an electron. 
when this molecule passes on its electron to the electron carrier on the inner side of the membrane the proton is released into the inner side or the lumen side of the membrane the nadp reductase enzyme is located on the stroma side of the membrane along with electrons that come from the acceptor and of of electrons of ps1 protons are necessary for the reduction of nadp plus to nadph2 these protons are also removed from the stroma hence within the chloroplast protons in the stroma decrease in number while in the lumen there is accumulation of proton this creates a proton gradient across the thylakoid membrane as well as a measurable decrease in the ph in the lumen why are we so interested in the proton gradient this gradient is important because it is the breakdown of this gradient that leads to the synthesis of atp the gradient is broken down due to the movement of the protons across the membrane through to the stroma through the transmembrane channel of the cf0 of the atp synthase the atp synthase enzyme consists of two parts one called the cf0 is embedded in the thylakoid membrane and forms a transmembrane channel that carries out facilitated diffusion of protons across the membrane the other portion is called cf1 and protrudes on the outer surface of the thylakoid membrane on the side that faces the stroma the breakdown of the gradient provides enough energy to cause a conformational change in the cf1 particles of the atp synthase which makes the enzyme synthesize several molecules of energy packed atp chemiosmosis requires a membrane a proton pump a proton gradient and atp synthase energy is used to pump protons across a membrane to create gradient or high concentration of protons within the thylakoid lumen atp synthase has a channel that allows diffusion of protons back across the membrane this releases enough energy to activate atp synthase enzyme that catalyzes the formation of atp along with nadph produced by the movement of electrons the atp will be used immediately in the biosynthetic reaction taking place in the stroma responsible for fixing co2 and synthesis of sugars where are atp and nadph used we learned that the products of the light reaction are atp nadph and o2 of these o2 diffuses out of the chloroplast plast while atp and nadph are used to drive the processes leading to the synthesis of food more accurately sugars this is the biosynthetic phase of the photosynthesis this process does not directly depend on the presence of light but is dependent on the products of the light reaction that is atp and nadph besides co2 and h2o you may wonder how this could be verified it is simple immediately after light becomes unavailable the biosynthetic process continues for some time and then stops if then light is made available the synthesis starts again can we hence say that calling the biosynthetic phase as the dark reaction is a misnomer discuss this amongst yourselves let us now see how the atp and nadph are used in the biosynthetic phase we saw earlier that co2 is combined with h2o to produce ch2o whole n or sugars it was of interest to scientists to find out how this reaction proceeded or rather what was the first product formed when co2 is taken into a reaction or fixed just after the world war 2 among the several efforts to put the radioisotopes to beneficial use the work of melvin calvin is exemplary the use of the radioactive c14 by him in algal photosynthesis studies led to the discovery that the first co2 fixation product was a 3 carbon organic acid he also contributed to working out the complete biosynthetic pathway hence it is called the calvin cycle after him the first product identified was 3 phosphoglyceric acid or in short pga how many atoms does it have it has 3 scientists also tried to know 
whether all plants have PGA as the first product of CO2 fixation or whether any other product was formed in other plants. Experiments conducted over a wide range of plants led to the discovery of another group of plants where the first stable product of CO2 fixation was again an organic acid but which had four carbon atoms in it. This acid was identified to be oxaloacetic acid or OAA since then CO2 assimilation during photosynthesis was said to be of two main types those plants in which the first CO2 fixation product is a C3 acid or for PGA that is the C3 pathway and those in which the first product was a C4 acid OAA that is the C4 pathway. These two groups of plants showed other associated characteristics that we will discuss later. The primary acceptor of CO2. Let us ask now ourselves a question that was asked by the scientist who was struggling to understand the dark reaction. How many carbon atoms would a molecule have which after accepting CO2 would have three carbons of PGA? The studies very unexpectedly showed that the acceptor molecule was a 5-carbon ketose sugar, ribulose bisphosphate, RUBP. Did any of you think of this possibility? Do not worry, the scientists also took a long time and conducted many experiments to reach this conclusion. They also believed that the first product was a C3 acid, the primary acceptor would be a 2-carbon compound. They spent many years trying to add a 2-carbon compound before they discovered the 5-carbon RUBP. The Calvin Cycle Calvin and his co-workers then worked out the whole pathway and showed that the pathway operated in a cyclic manner, the RUBP was regenerated. Let us now see how the Calvin pathway operates and where the sugar is synthesized. Let us at the outset understand very clearly that the Calvin pathway occurs in all photosynthetic plants. It does not matter whether they have C3 or C4 pathways. For ease of understanding, the Calvin cycle can be described under three stages, carboxylation, reduction and regeneration. Carboxylation Carboxylation is the fixation of CO2 into a stable organic intermediate. Carboxylation is the most crucial step of the Calvin cycle where CO2 is utilized for the carboxylation of RUBP. This reaction is catalyzed by the enzyme RUBP carboxylase which results in the formation of two molecules of 3PGA. Since this enzyme also has an oxygenation activity, it would be more correct to call it RUBV carboxylase oxygenase or Rubisco reduction. These are a series of reactions that lead to the formation of glucose. The steps involve utilization of two molecules of ATP for phosphorylation and two of NADPH for reduction per CO2 molecule fixed. The fixation of six molecules of CO2 and six turns of the cycle are required for the formation of one molecule of glucose from the pathway. Regeneration Regeneration of the CO2 acceptor molecule RUVP is crucial step in if the cycle is to be continued uninterrupted. The regeneration step requires one ATP for phosphorylation to form RUVP. Hence, for every CO2 molecule entering the Calvin cycle, three molecules of ATP and two, mo two molecules of NADPH are required. It is probably to meet this difference in the number of ATP and NADPH used in a dark reaction that the cyclic phosphorylation takes place. To make one molecule of glucose, six turns of the cycle are required. It might help you to understand that all of this if we look at what goes in and what comes out of the Calvin cycle. 6 CO2, 18 ATP and 12 NADPH are utilized and one glucose molecule, 18 ADP and 16. 
12 NADP comes out the C4 pathway plants that are adapted to dry tropical regions have the C4 pathway mentioned earlier though these plants have the C4 oxaloacetic acid as the first CO2 fixation product they use the C3 pathway or the Calvin cycle as the main biosynthetic pathway then in what ways are they different from C3 plants this is a question that you may reasonably ask C4 plants are special they have a special type of leaf anatomy they tolerate high temperature they show a response to high light intensities they lack a process called photorespiration and have greater productivity of biomass let us understand these one by one study vertical section of the leaves one of the c3 plant and the other of the c4 plant do you notice the difference do both have the same type of mesophyll do they have similar cells around the vascular bundle sheath the particularly large cell around the vascular bundle of the c4 plants are called the bundle sheath cells and the leaves which have such anatomy are said to have kranz anatomy kranz means red and is a reflection of the arrangement of cells the bundle sheath cells may form several layers around the vascular bundle they are characterized by having a large number of chloroplasts thick walls impervious to gaseous exchange and no intercellular spaces you may like to cut a section of the leaves of the c4 plants maize or sorghum to observe the kranz anatomy and the distribution of the mesophyll cells it would be interesting for you to collect leaves of diverse species of plants around you and cut the vertical section of the leaves observe under the microscope look for the bundle sheath around the vascular bundles the presence of the bundle sheath will help you to identify the c4 plants now study the pathway shown in the figure 13.9 the pathway has now been named the as hatch and slag pathway and is again a cyclic process let us study the pathway in by listing the steps the primary co2 acceptor is a 3 carbon molecule phosphorylated pyruvate and is present in the mesophyll cells the enzyme responsible for the fixation of pp carboxylase or pepcase it is important to register that the mesophyll cells lack rubisco enzyme the c4 acid oa is formed in the mesophyll cell it then forms other four carbon compounds like malic acid or aspartic acid in the mesophyll cell itself which are transported to the bundle sheath cells in the bundle sheath cells these c4 acids are broken down to release co2 and the three carbon molecule the three carbon molecule is transported back to the mesophyll where it is converted to pep again thus completing the cycle the co2 released in the bundle sheath cell enters the c3 or the calvin pathway a pathway common to all plants the bundle sheath cell are rich in an enzyme rubellose bisphosphate carboxylase oxygenase but lack pepcase thus the basic pathway that results in the formation of sugar the calvin pathway is common to both c3 and c4 plants did you note that the calvin pathway occurs in all the mesophyll cells of the c3 plant the in the c4 plant it does not take place in the mesophyll cell but does so only in the bundle sheath cells photorespiration let us try and understand one more process that creates an important difference between c3 and c4 plants photorespiration to understand the photorespiration we have to know a little bit about the first step of the calvin pathway the first co2 fixation step this is the reaction where the rubp combines with co2 to form two molecules of 3 pga that is catalyzed by rubisco rubp plus co2 gives rubisco which gives two 3 pga molecules rubisco that is the most abundant enzyme in the world do you wonder why is characterized by the fact that its active site can bind to both co2 and o2 and hence the name can you think how this could be possible rubisco has much greater affinity for co2 
when the CO2 concentration is more, CO2 O2 is nearly equal. Imagine what would happen if it were not so. This binding is competitive. It is relative concentration of O2 and CO2 that determines the which of the two will bind to the enzyme. In C3 plant, some O2 does bind to the rubisco and hence CO2 fixation is decreased. Here the RABP instead of being converted into two molecules of PGA binds to O2 to form one molecule of phosphoglycerate and phosphoglycolate in the pathway called photorespiration. In the photorespiratory pathway, there is neither synthesis of sugar nor of ATP. Rather, it results in the release of CO2 with the utilization of ATP. In the photorespiratory pathway, there is no synthesis of ATP or NADPH. The biological function of photorespiration is not known yet. In C4 plants, photorespiration does not occur. This is because they have a mechanism that increases the concentration of CO2 at the enzyme site. This takes place when the C4 acid from the mesophyll is broken down in the bundle sheet cell to release CO2. This results in the increasing the intracellular concentration of CO2. In turn, this ensures that the Rubisco functions as a carboxylase minimizing the oxygenase activity. Now that you know that the C4 plants lack photorespiration, you probably can understand why productivity and yields are better in these plants. In addition, these plants show tolerance to the high temperature. Based on the above discussion, can you compare the plants showing the C3-C4 pathway? Use the table format given and fill in the information. Factors affecting photosynthesis An understanding of the factors that affect photosynthesis is necessary. The rate of photosynthesis is very important in determining the yield of the plant including the crop plants. Photosynthesis is under the influence of several factors both internal, plant and external. The plant factors include the number, size, age and orientation of leaves, mesophyll cells and chloroplast, internal CO2 concentration and the amount of chlorophyll. The plant or internal factors are dependent on the genetic predisposition and growth of the plant. The external factors would include the availability of the sunlight, temperature, CO2 concentration and water. As a plant photosynthesizes, all these factors will simultaneously affect its rate. Hence, those several factors interact and simultaneously affect photosynthesis or CO2 fixation. Usually, one factor is the major cause or is one that limits the rate. Hence, at any point, the rate will be determined by the factor available at suboptimal levels. When several factors affect any biochemical process, Blackman's law of limiting factor comes into effect. This states that the following. If a chemical process is affected by more than one factor, then its rate will be determined by the factor which is nearest to its minimal value. It is a factor which directly affects the process if its quantity is changed. For example, despite the presence of green leaf and optimal light and CO2 condition, the plant may not photosynthesize if the temperature is very low. This leaf is, if given the optimal temperature, will start photosynthesizing. Light we need to distinguish between light quality, light intensity and the duration of exposure of the light while discussing light as a factor that affects the photosynthesis. There is a linear relationship between incident light and the CO2 fixation rates at low light intensities. At high light intensities, gradually the rate does not show further increase as other factors become limiting. What is interesting to note is that the light saturation occurs at 10% of the full sunlight. Hence, except for plants in shade or in dense forests, light is really a limiting factor in the nature. Increase in incident light beyond a point causes the breakdown of chlorophyll and a decrease in photosynthesis. CO2 concentration CO2 is a major limiting factor for photosynthesis. The concentration of CO2 is very low in the atmosphere between 0.03 to 0.04%. Increase in concentration up to 0.05% can cause 
and increase in CO2 fixation rates beyond this level can become damaging over long period of time. The C3 and C4 plants respond differently to CO2 concentrations. At low light condition, neither group responds to high CO2 conditions. At high light intensities, both C3 and C4 plant increase in the rate of the photosynthesis. Show increase in the rate of photosynthesis. What is important to note is that the C4 plants show saturation at about 360 micro li, micro per liter, while C3 responds to increased CO2 concentration as the saturation is seen only beyond 450 micro per liter. Thus, current availability of CO2 levels is limiting to the C3 plants. The fact that C3 plants respond to the higher concentration of CO2 by showing increased rate of photosynthesis leading to higher productivity has been used for some greenhouse crops such as tomatoes and bell peppers. They are allowed to grow in CO2 enriched atmosphere that leads to higher yields. Temperature The dark reaction being enzymatic are temperature controlled. Though the light reaction are also temperature sensitive, they are affected to a much lesser extent. The C4 plants respond to higher temperatures and show higher rate of photosynthesis while C3 plants have much lower temperature optimum. The temperature optimum for photosynthesis of different plants also depend on the habitat that they are adapted to. Tropical plants have higher temperature optimum than the plants adapted to the temperate climates. Water Even though water is one of the reactants in the light reaction, the effect of the water as a factor is more through its effect on the plant rather than directly on the photosynthesis. Water stress causes the stomata to close hence reducing the CO2 availability. Besides, water stress also makes the leaves wilt thus reducing the surface area of the leaves and their metabolic activity as well.